I cannot wait for you guys to listen in today's episode. We are going to talk about how do we be our most authentic selves. We are going to talk about how if we take care of ourselves, we it, we can take care of our calling. We are going to step into what it looks like to be a writer. We are going to talk about what it looks like to start a book, to be a podcaster. We are going to talk about the future work, and we are really going to talk about how do we step into who we're supposed to be so that it comes from our heart, our calling, instead of what am I supposed to do? I think you're going to be so blessed and just um, really get so much out of today's episode. So I cannot wait for you to listen in. So here we go. Hey boss, welcome to Business and Breakthroughs. Do you want to optimize your online presence so you can get more traffic to grow your writing, speaking, or coaching business? Are you constantly trying things online and wondering what actually works best to grow your email list, get leads, and book more opportunities? Are you looking for ideas that will help you grow your brand? I'm Kristen, an online traffic growth coach who built an online brand that reached millions of people. I've worked in online marketing for over 20 years, and I know how frustrating it was to work so hard and feel like I wasn't seeing more engagement, opportunities, or leads until I learned to optimize my online presence. After putting the systems in place, I was able to grow an online audience to over 10 million with 38 million page views and grew an email list to 50K all with one brand. I want to help you do the same. Getting traffic online doesn't have to be so hard. I created an easy to follow online growth system and online marketing strategies that work to grow your audience and increase your traffic. Grab your coffee and a notebook and let's grow your traffic, boss. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Abigail Gazda. She is a heart-centered entrepreneur, a best-selling author and publisher. She is the CEO of Hearts Unleashed, which is also the name of her podcast. I'd like to welcome her today. Welcome, Abigail. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Can you start off with telling us a little bit about your backstory and then how you got into what you're doing and what you're up to now? I'll start with backstory, but I'm going to start with the end in mind, which is it's a constant evolution, right? Uh, I'm now the CEO of Hearts Unleashed. I'm a publisher. And funny, funny piece of that is I don't think I finished any book that wasn't assigned to me before the age of at least 24, right? Like I I wasn't interested in books. I never spoke true that I would be an author. That wasn't a big dream of mine. But um, as I grew and I I was a teacher in my past life, and then I was a manager of, of a fitness gym. And as I continued to grow, and as a specifically as a coach, so I, I I'm going to start from there, like my my real backstory being a coach and a leader and a and a CEO is in 2016 is when I was introduced. I was managing a gym and I had hired a gal uh, who worked part time for me. And after about like three weeks of working together, she said, "You know, will you come check out my coach training program? Everything that I'm being trained to say, like you already." that's how you speak. And I think you'd be really interested in it. And I went in Chicago in 2016 to, um, the, the coach training programs, accomplishment coaching, I 10 out of 10 recommended. I think it's great, but I walked into that room and it was like, I had found some promised land or I, I found yeah. family. I didn't know I had, they were speaking a language that my heart knew. And I was like, what is this? And I was sold. I was in, and I mean, like the rest is history as many people say, but mm-hmm. it developed because then the 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 next level of transformation came from being a really great coach naturally but not naturally a good businesswoman 
So I had all this skill, all this intuition, all this understanding and how to work with people specifically being trained to be a teacher, but, um, that then I had to learn how to offer it, sell it, explain it, talk to people, enroll people, register. And so that was a real evolution as well, which was then I put my head down and figured out how to do that started getting so inspired. I was writing books about it and yeah, it's, it's really developed over time. Mm, That's so good. So tell me about that. Like you said, you've been a teacher, you've, you know, you've been a manager of the fitness club. You definitely didn't think when you were growing up that you were going to write books or become a coach. So can you talk just a little bit about, and you know, both of us talk about trying to be authentic. How do we really dig in and be our Mm. truest selves and you sort of mentioned this, it's an iteration, right? It's a continuing process of evaluating, assessment, editing, trying things. But what can you tell us about how you shifted into these things? And was that, was it uncomfortable as you got new uh, when you left (laughs) old identities or titles behind and when you gained new ones or you did both? So tell us about that. And was that hard? Was it painful to walk through or was it pretty like easy for you? I love that question. I'm like, I don't think I've ever been asked that way. So thank you because I want, what I want to say is that every level of the journey, I always thought and figured I was being my most authentic self. So I yeah. think that that's really important for people to hear because we, we don't need to hate our past selves. We don't need to make ourselves wrong for the way that we are. It, it is acceptance. Like authenticity comes from acceptance. And then as we grow, we naturally discover more about ourselves. We naturally get more clear about our preferences, right? And so that has been a really important part of the journey. So, so to speak to that, every time that I, I sort of, let's say, discovered a new part of me, mm-hmm. or that an old part of me was sort of re- revealing itself as outdated. That's how I want to say it because we, I don't yeah. want to shame any past self. Like I'm always doing my best. We're always doing our best. So shedding, shedding was a challenging experience. And then teaching people, particularly from my past who might've liked the old version of me. So teaching people, this is who I am now. This is how I am now. This is what I'm interested in now. A lot, I've got, I've gotten a lot of feedback that I would call negative or critical saying, well, I, I I just wish that we knew, like we missed the old Abby. I miss the old Abby. I want old Abby back. And I I've had to tell people, you, do you know that that version of me was completely structured on people pleasing and, and working really hard for validation and approval. Mm -hmm. And so that was a challenging thing because I like the statement, you teach people how to treat you. Right. So I was teaching, I had to reteach people how to treat me, how to see me, how to relate to me. And some people decided they didn't like that version. And some people have followed me all along the way. And the ones that really love me, really love me through it all. But the, to answer your question very specifically, no, it was not easy. (laughs) This has not been easy. Uh, It doesn't always feel good. And, and, and it's not about the external, it's the internal. I have love from my people really, I'll say no matter what. And, and it's me confronting my own fears of rejection or my own fears of disappointing people that I've had to face. And that's where the discomfort has really been, you know? So yes, I have felt authentic the entire way, but the more I develop, the more I find out about me, the more I mature and become a woman and have these different preferences and everything. So it's been an evolution. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. And 
Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, for instance, when I worked more so heavily in tech, I worked with a lot of guys, which I'm totally comfortable with that. But what I didn't know is subconsciously, I was maybe trying to fit in instead of be completely myself. So it was more like I was tamping myself down. It wasn't about me trying to not be myself or be inauthentic. It was literally Mm -hmm. just, oh, well, okay, I need to be sort of like this, you know? And of course Mm -hmm. I was still myself and I was still girly and everything, you know, but it's still, I, I wasn't until I, I reflected back at those periods that I realized that I was holding myself or part of myself back Mm -hmm. and it was not purposeful at all. And that was still me, but it wasn't all of me, you know, like it was, it was like a dialed down version, if you will. And so so over time, like you're saying, it's about discovery. It's about thinking, what have I left behind in my past that I loved and somehow I've put it on pause or I went into a new season and I didn't realize how important that part of me was, you know, like for instance, Mm -hmm. I love taking pictures, not a professional. I've not Mm -hmm. tried to be a professional at it, but there was a long time way back that I didn't, I wasn't doing that, you know? And so it's things like that where you say, Oh, wait a minute, there was this thing I really loved for me. It's very artistic. It's very creative. Maybe I need to pick back up the camera or my phone to take pictures, which I do every single day. Yes. In other words, I needed those outlets. Right. And uh, so part of it is accepting, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have left that behind or I need to pick it back up because that's part of me. And it's a part of me that makes me happy and joyful. I I love what you're saying. And as I'm listening to you speak, I just, I wanted to accentuate the multifaceted parts of us, the multidimensional being that we are, right? Like we're not just a mom, just a CEO, just a woman, just a man, just anything. And, and so being able to accentuate all the parts of us and let all the parts of us play and be seen and be free and unleashed. Because I think even in, in branding, you know, I, and, and I'm, you know, your audience may diversify. It's, it's not all about business. It's not all about relationship, but, but that we get like, and let's, let's backpedal for a second. We live in, we're, we're currently interviewing in 2022. It's really sexy right now to turn your passion into an income. So it's like, we can't almost just have a hobby without feeling a pressure to perform with it when really we might just like to paint bad paintings or cooking, you know, whatever. And so we don't need to turn it into a business. Um, but that we really are not just one thing and we have permission to, Mm -hmm. to be all the people, all the versions of us that we are. Absolutely. So on that, you know, I, there's definitely times in our life though, that I think we, we don't choose a change in our life, right? So you might be, you, maybe you lost your job and now you aren't going to be working that same industry. Maybe you were married and you got divorced, right? There's so many things where our, the way we related to the world with an identity gets taken. The rug gets pulled out from under us, if you will. We are still us, but a part of it has to get changed when we didn't choose it. So we don't have anything to say about that because I think I hear people talk about stuff like this all the time and it's. It's when they're working, walking through a hard season that this happens, but how do we make that easier? You know, what have you found, you know, that helps us understand that's just a piece of us. It is just a title, even though there might be pain or trauma associated with it, but how do we step through that to really fully embrace ourselves? I, I love this question as well. Thank you for all the good questions because this is very diverse, but, um, the, for me, that was divorce the season that I didn't pick, you know, what you were kind of yeah. referencing or like something that felt forced upon you. So when I, and that was a very tough season for me and I was, um, 27 
and I had married my college sweetheart. We were together for six years and, and he decided that he didn't want to be married and, and that was, you know, he was trying to be, and that wasn't working for him. And that was really disruptive for me because I was here on cloud nine in, in my own sort of like fantasy world. And, and then it all went away. Mm -hmm. And, and so I heard your question about like, how can we move through those seasons to stay authentic, to keep coming up that time? So one, I'm a huge proponent for professional support. If that's therapy, if that's coaching, if that's consultant, and, and there's lots of free resources also to, to be able to process, but I 10 out of 10 encourage people to process what they're going through. A lot of us become complete compartmentalized and then we avoid, and that's not functional. We cannot live our most authentic selves. If we're trying to tuck our, a part of us away, pain, anger, confusion, resentment. So we have to bring all the totality of who we are out. And we're not good at doing that alone. Like professional support is so powerful. Um, I'm also just going to, if you are someone who's in the process journaling is one of the most, the simplest. And then also one that's not so talked about is mirror work, sitting down in front of the mirror with yourself, eye contact, and really get in touch with who you are and what's going on within you. Because we're so used to looking out all day long that we forget we even have a body. We forget we even have feelings that we're struggling with and we try to hide them and we do so well in the world. But when it's just us at night and and those feelings want to be seen and heard, like there's no way through them, but through them. And that's what I would love to say to anybody in a tough season, who's really committed to being authentic. Listen, if you want to hide and, and put on an identity and put on a mask and try to make it, you can, I, everybody probably goes through those phases, but eventually, like, I believe that eventually that will catch up with you. And it'll kick your butt up and down the road if you're trying to hide from them. And so um, I just really encourage people to process what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, I think, you know, both, both of us kind of align with, you know, it shouldn't just be all work. You have to really curate and nurture these other parts of us, these other Mm -hmm. relationships, things that bring us joy or that, you know, just fill up, fill us up. So tell us a little bit about your lifestyle and how you <laughs> in your work with your the, the lifestyle you want and like the fun, creative, adventurous things you do. I would love to. Thank you. Um, I, I live a very unconventional life to most people. I definitely have dismantled the nine to five, a lot of societal norms, all of those things. And um, I grew up in the Midwest from a, I'm from a blue collar family, and we believe that hard work is good and right. Mm-hmm. And there's, that is fine. And I personally, based on my Zodiac and my human design and like all these different features that I started to learn as I grew, I'm not built to work super hard. I'm not built to work 24 seven. Part of my greatest gift is rest and relaxation and being fully sourced and restored. Mm-hmm. And so my life looks maybe lazy for some people where, Oh, why are you sleeping till this time? Or why are you, you know, you, you haven't worked in four days, but the, what I know about myself and my alignment is that I can do more work in four hours than some people can in four days. And so I've really, again, I'm laughing because I saw there's so much self-acceptance acceptance tied into this when I, it, 
It took literal years. So I want to tell anybody who's um, working on this. It took literal years to decondition me talking so badly to myself. Like you should be working harder. You're lazy. You're uh, you're, you're going to get beat. You're never going to succeed that mm-hmm. way. Like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I grew up, I played college basketball. All I knew was be tough. Yeah. And when I stopped being tough, I, and I started being sensitive and kind and gentle and tender one with myself, but with that helped me be that way with other people, but it opened up something because I'm a sensitive person. I'm an intuitive, I'm an empath times 100. Mm-hmm. And so with that, my greatest gift is being slow and rested and sensitive. And so my life looks very different. I'm here in Costa Rica right now, but I'm a nomad and I travel all over and I'm, I'm sourced by nature. So I love spending time, you know, in the trees and in the water. And <laughs> so yeah. it's a little unconventional. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I, <laughs> I think m- most people should pick up at least some of that, right? I mean, definitely getting in nature wherever yes. you live and just trying to find something that you enjoy doing, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's outside or it's, you know, gets you moving and things, but I think it's so good. And I, I, uh, I also think what's really important, what you said is not just that you've, well, a couple things. One is that it does take time for us to deconstruct what society and what our upbringing and what culturally we've been subconsciously told as well as consciously, like, this is how life should look. You know, yeah. oh, you should oh my gosh. get a, a regular job and, you know, good paying job and it should be traditional. And then you get married. Like, I mean, I know a lot of that has changed, but what I'm saying is when we were growing up, we were hearing those or seeing those messages, yes. right? That's changed yeah. today a lot. But when, when I was little, that was still being told or you were, you were in yeah. And so a lot of us, like, you know, you and myself, we are doing lots of different things. Like I work for myself, same sort of thing. Now I have kids, so I have a little more at the moment tied obligation that I'm that I'm here more. Otherwise, I, I'm a nomadic soul as well. You know, like yes. I'm an adventurer and I would be gone. I would be gone taking pictures <laughs> on the road. So that's coming up soon again for me. But, you know, I think, though, the point I want to make is one, you have to question is what you're pursuing is what the priorities that you, you know, I've talked to people, they were making millions of dollars in their 20s. Mm. And then they realized they were just a bitter person. Like, they yes. had gotten misaligned with their true goals for themselves. They were chasing after some other ideal. And so one is you need to, you need to ask yourself and revisit this regularly. What really are the priorities in your life? What do you, what would make your life feel the most yeah. rich and meaningful? And yeah. you've done that. And then two, you don't have to fit into the mold of what, uh, what anyone else wants you to fit into because it has to fit best for you. And then talking yes. about, I think this is so important. You talked about the rest and the needing to recharge to be fully present with your gifts. Yes. I think that's so, I mean, of course I talk to people on the show quite a bit about that, but I think in general, you know, the populace that is, we do, we, we shove away our feelings and our emotions and we, we want to just not deal with them. But two, I think it was two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, something with um, my oldest son had, had happened and he's fine and everything, but it was emotionally and mentally draining for me. Totally. And uh, it was almost like what didn't happen, but it made me feel like, you know, as the mama bear, kind of like, oh my gosh, like, thank the Lord, like everything was okay. But my point is, is I would, I went into that work week thinking I was fine. And I found Mm -hmm. myself not able to get my work done. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to like really sit with that and realize that thing had happened to me. And while it wasn't a trauma, 
it was, it drained me so much emotionally. I had to just realize that week I was going to get a little bit of work done, but I had to just take a lot more time to, to not sit and do work on this. And then at this level, mm-hmm. and even the next Monday after that, I was working and I realized after two, three hours, I hit my wall. That's yeah. not normal for me, but it's because that stuff that was going on was so emotionally draining yes. that I had to, I had to step away and I had to, I think in almost a year, I had never not published a podcast episode. And I mean, normally I have them booked out six weeks and they're scheduled, but I happened to be in between my gap where I was re-getting episodes ready. So I had recorded totally. episodes. I couldn't even get them. I couldn't book. I couldn't get the two things done that week. I, I just had to say, okay, I'm, this is going to be a break week. Yeah. I just had to, because I could have gotten them up, but I, I was feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And I said, okay, this means this is time that I have to acknowledge that instead of pushing through it. Because yeah. I have to be rested and recharged. Otherwise, I won't be good for myself, for my yes. business, or for my family. You yes. know? And so I, I think do. we under, we downplay the importance of what you just said. And I think it's so important. Thank you for that. And and for the listeners, um, there's a term I, I'd like to introduce, if they, in case they haven't heard it, but emotional endurance. Right? Like when we are tapped out, we are tapped out, period. Yeah. And, and so... It, and and I, what I love about this is it's not, it, you, you know, that, you know, this, like at the depth of who you are, this isn't a new concept. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but what's so cool about this is our emotional endurance is exactly like our physical endurance, rest, water, um, healthy food, you know, those sorts of things is the same thing that if we're doing the right things to care for our body, we're also caring for our mind. Obviously mm-hmm. there's more like the, our spiritual practices, maybe some rituals, or again, like I said, journaling and mirror work, but, but the thing we need to be sourced, we need to be energized. And, and when, like you said, when you face too many obstacles for a lot of people, 2020 and, and beyond has been like that We're we are facing, emotional trauma after emotional trauma after, and and we're expected to get back up and go to work. It's crazy. And so we have to become more responsible at these days, these times, the, 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 the time space reality that we are on the leading edge of like all of that Mm -hmm. is that we are supposed to become much more responsible for our emotional wellness. Yeah. Right. And when you say building a life you love, you can, when you're well, And I had to reorganize, you were mentioning like priorities and I, that's kind of what I was picking up on. It's like, my priorities are myself and we've mostly have been taught to believe that that's selfish, right? Mm -hmm. But if, and I've tried to rearrange my priorities. So my priority is myself and my well being, and then it's spirit or God or, or source And then it's service. And I wanted, I want to give this to the audience because service means your family service means your clients service means your whatever. Right. And so, but if you put service first, you will drain out. If you put spirit first, you will drain out. You have to take care of your being so mm-hmm. that you can show up for your calling. Right. And I just love that because our emotional endurance, if we let that slide, if we get, uh, and it's just maintenance. You wouldn't not, you know, when you don't change the oil in your car, you're going to end up on the side of the road. If you don't change the oil in you, you're going to end up on the side of the road, however that looks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that, right, that emotional endurance is also, you know, like decision fatigue, right? I mean, it's definitely emotional because you're so right. And I talk about that often. We are going through so much. It's like we thought we were close to done with the major part of COVID. And then now there's, you know, war in the world and all threats of food. 
it's just, it just keeps layering on. Right. And yes. so even if you don't think it's affecting you subconsciously, we're having to think about all these things, you know, uh, or not oh, think yes. about them, but we're still having to, it's still there. Yeah. And I think it's decision fatigue too, because I, I see some of my girlfriends, you know, um, some evenings and they just seem so frazzled. And so whether it's partly emotional, right. They have a lot of emotional baggage for that day or week they're, you know, they're going through some yeah. things. But it's also like they look, you can just tell, like they don't need, they don't want to think about another thing they have to figure out today because they've just had to do too much and they didn't take a break. They didn't rest. And it's very apparent when you see one, you know, one person who has done this, one person that hasn't. And if they had the same going on, I mean, you you and I can probably spot them from like a mile away at this point. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm sure we all have our moments, but yes, the people are, they're so they're constricted. Yeah, wound. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, what would you say? Any uh, any thoughts? I mean, I'm assuming you would say, like, just how do we how do we make sure we're we are changing the oil in ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Like, would you just say it's the the nature and movement and journaling yeah. and like the ritual type things? Yeah. There's a there's another layer to this too, though, because you're right about the day to day and the week to week, but mm-hmm. let's talk about the decade to decade. Yeah. Because when I went through my divorce, yeah, I was sad about that breakup. But Mm -hmm. if I took that off the table, I, what it uprooted in me was my unlovability from childhood, my Mm -hmm. mom's relationship stuff. So, so we're, we think we're reacting in the moment, but we're reacting to 10 to 15 years worth of memories. And so Mm -hmm. if you want to, if you're really interested in, I love what you said, like you could spot them when people are side by side, if you can see who's done the work and who hasn't, and that's not a make wrong. I, we, I know you know that, and I know your listeners know that, but it's like, if you really want to get to the depth of like a, a new level of peace, a new baseline yeah. of operation and not end up on the side of the road, then we need to start clearing the traumas. We need to start taking a look at what's really sticky in our life because mm-hmm. anything we are manifesting in our adult reality is a communication of our subconscious beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the subconscious fears and beliefs and insecurities that are literally mirroring because it's communicating to us, Hey, I'm unresolved in within you. And I'd, I'd really like to be resolved. Like I'm ready to go now. Most of our wounds are ready to be healed, but we're just not addressing them. And you can empower the heck out of yourself by just deciding to, to take on some of that work. Mm. Yeah. I mean, two things recently, um, one, when I recently did an interview, I, I think the data, the statistics that, that, that he shared, one of my guests said 40% of people have it, three or more childhood traumatic things that have mm. happened to them. Now they may yes. not even know, right. I'm not saying everyone of these are horrifying things, right. There's exactly. things that you've internalized and that yeah. are still impacting the way you see yourself in the, in your life and the narrative. So exactly. Um, but I think that's fascinating because I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I am hearing a lot more people talk about doing healing work and about trauma and things nowadays, but I would say even five years ago, I wasn't hearing this sort of stuff as much. So I definitely think yep. we're a lot more people are working on these things. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating because I think it's so important. You're so right. Cause you're going to find, and that's everything I heard. It's like in nature, if there's something inside that has to get out, a truth that needs to get out. So whether it's healing work you need to do, or whether it's that you're holding on to a truth you need to speak yes. to someone or to yourself, it's going to keep trying to circumvent until it gets forth, till it comes yes. forth. And it's just like yes. a river. It's going to find its way. 
So we can't stop that proof from coming out eventually. And mm-hmm. we're, we're normally we're having physical right ailments until we get that out, until we address mm-hmm. it, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I love that you use the river water always forces an outlet. And, and I also wanted to backtrack to what you said, because too many people have not been affirmed in this is like trauma is not a competition. Yeah. If that thing was lodged in your memory, or that's the day that your brain developed, it doesn't matter how traumatic or, or like what we would qualify as traumatic, like a, a, a grotesque act or, a, you know, a heart being harmed. It could be that someone literally looked at you the wrong way with, or with disapproval, or that somebody snickered when you said something, or you answered the question wrong. Right. And I would, again, I would love to give your listeners, this is something that they can do immediately to do this work is sit down in the mirror or sit down in the journal and say, so you, you saw something and like you said, three to four major benchmarks in, in childhood. Right. So you witnessed something and then you, you then concluded something about yourself, about the world, about people, and then you started compensating for it. So there's three steps to this. What did you see? What did you conclude? And how do you compensate? So if I saw my mom going to work all the time and I concluded she likes work more than me, I'm, and I concluded that I'm unlovable. And then I compensated by becoming the perfect daughter, the perfect angel, the star student, the studded athlete, right? And I, my entire identity was born from that for the first 25 years of my life. Right. And then you're like, Oh God, like we can peel those layers back and be like, Oh my God, I am not who I think I am. And it just like unravels, but it's a beautiful unraveling because now we have this, like you said, people are so wound so tight because they're trying to uphold some version of perfect and got it all together and uh, adult, whatever, whatever we're trying to uphold. But if we would let ourselves unravel, that's why you see peace on those people because they're not spending any time keeping anything together. Cause we know we have no control. Right. I'm going to pass it back over. Cause I can end up down a whole deep rabbit hole. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, yeah. I mean, let me tell you, I, I, for most of my life, I didn't realize, you know, some of the, the ways I was probably showing up in the world because of, you know, my upbringing and not there, like you said, it was only, you know, I'm the fourth of five kids. I'm the first girl but like certain patterns, right. Start, start happening in your life. And you're like, no, I'm the one that loves helping everyone, but I don't really want to ask for help. Right. That kind of thing. Well, obviously that was, I internalized that when I was growing up, you know, whether it's just just five kids and it's like, well, is there enough for me? Like, or somebody wasn't available, who knows. Right. But I was like, I'm independent. I'm fine. Right. But that's, and I'm also obviously always the one that's organizing everything. Right. You know, so it's like, but those are both patterns that have to do with, you know, childhood. And so there's yep. still one that works in progress, right? Like I'm, I'm still yeah. working on those things, you know, trying to and, like, whoa, hold on. Am I just, am I reverting back to something that's been comfortable because I've done it for so long, you know? And so I have to, I have to revisit that and realize, yep. am I doing this? Cause it really is what I want to do. Or am I defaulting to this response or act, you know, like, oh, I'm going to plan something, you know, instead of like, do I really want to do that? Do I, yeah. Is this really what I want? So you know, it is definitely a work in progress, right? It's a, I mean, you might have the initial kind of reflecting, understanding, doing the work and the healing. But then I think if we've done these things long enough, mm-hmm. it, it takes time, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do it different, if you will. 
Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, cause you're deprogramming and reprogramming. And what's what we were kind of back to the beginning of the conversation is like, not, it's really important not to make any of those parts of us wrong right. that some of those things you said are probably some of your greatest gifts too. Right. And, and like your strengths. And so it's just the, it's not about the weight, what you're doing. It's about how you're being right? Right. So you can do those same beautiful gifts, but if you're, as long as you're not doing them from like scarcity mindset or fixing and changing and and controlling, then, then it's probably still a great gift. And I think that's where we can't make the past versions of us wrong. That's so important. Yeah. Mm, I so agree. And like you said, and we're, it's like anything. I mean, you just, it's like a tree in nature. It's going to keep growing, right? It doesn't stay stagnant. I mean, even if it has a season of stagnant, it's still growing. It's changing. We are too, you know, like you said, which just, it's just versions of us that we are learning about ourselves. We're learning about the world. We're growing, we're learning other information, hopefully. So I think that's so good. Well, let me ask you, I do want to jump into, you have done, you know, a, a good amount of things at this point. You have the podcast, you've written several books and, you know, also do publishing. And, you know, you, you coach people, you're a clarity coach. So tell us about what does that look like? And if somebody's wanting to step into something, you know, any just words mm-hmm. of wisdom you have for them on that. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, I, the one, one major word of wisdom I want to start out with is you got to accept your gift for the gift that it is. I, I'm a gifted writer. I am gifted with words. And because it came second nature to me, I overlooked it Mm -hmm. and I didn't value it or price it even appropriately in the beginning of my career. And so, um, I would love to encourage people to accept their, what comes second nature to them is probably their gift and exactly where they can make a living. And so Mm -hmm. I'd love to offer that for, especially build a life you love is like, do get paid to be you or be rewarded to be you get to li- like working should i believe i genuinely believe that our work should be as simple and natural as breathing mm-hmm. and so that is what that's what i'm going to speak into i have written 9 books in the last 5 years three of them are published in my name but i'm so gifted at writing that i wrote i helped other people so i was a ghostwriter and i helped other people write their books and i've also coached a lot of people to write their books and if someone First off, I think we can all baseline that everyone has a book in them. It's just a matter if they really want to write it or not. Um, At least everybody has a story. And, you know, there's the, if, if someone on here is listening and wants to get started writing a book, the, the first thing you got to start doing is journaling. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really that simple. Now you can computer journal, you can paper journal, you can audio journal, meaning voice notes or video notes to yourself, but it has to start coming out because the more you speak your truth, the more you speak your story, the more it's going to reveal itself to you Mm -hmm. and take shape. My books reveal themselves to me. And then I am obligated to write them and put them like pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. And so, um, I would love to offer that is like, just start writing. Um, and, and if a book is not for you, it's like really just start expressing your truth on any level. If you want to be living a life you love, um, because I, that's actually something I've been saying for, you know, years and years and years. It's, it's something that I, it's kind of a tagline that I have at a lot of the end of my posts is I'll always be living a life I love or live the life you love. And because I genuinely believe that as long as you're 
expressing, as long as you're creatively, energetically, socially, sexually, mentally, emotionally, spiritually expressed, then you'll, you will be living a life you love. So expression is a big piece of that. And then, um, something, something else I'd like to share around like that career aspect, you know, there's the writing and then I'm also a podcaster. So that's, it's the same thing. Speak up, speak your truth, unlock your throat chakra. (laughs) And so I love podcasting. I love showing up on my air. I don't know if we said it explicitly in the the episode so far, but my areas of expertise are emotional intelligence and subconscious reprogramming. I could talk about that all day long. And I've so much so that I built a career out of it because it's what I want to talk about. And so I think that for anybody really looking into their life to chase their dreams is what are you the most passionate about and how can you monetize that? It's not to put pressure on it, on performance, but it's how can you live into your truth in the most expressed way? Because that would be you giving your gift to the world. Because then I, again, I can't stop talking about it. I'm so passionate. I'm so excited because this is what I came here to do. I did not come here for other reasons. And there's other people who are gifted at other things. And I believe that if we all followed our innate gifts, we would fill all the roles that nature needs. And so I believe in that harmony. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And I actually, speaking of throat chakras, I, you know, I mean, I'm not sick often. My family isn't sick often, but if ever I was had high stress, like one time I was going to this publicity summit event, you know, so you were going to be meeting with reporters and all this stuff. This is years ago, right before I went, I hadn't been sick and I get laryngitis. Right. Like, so the only place I've (laughs) ever been sick in my whole life, practically throat and sinus, never below and never above. So it's right there. And, uh, and I haven't in a long time now, but, but part of that was, is I probably wasn't truly, I didn't feel I could speak, speak about something, some things, right. But I mean, of course I've, I've, that's not true now. And look, and obviously I have a podcast now, so I am speaking, but it's just interesting how sometimes we don't realize you know, that me getting sick there, it's like, if you, if you pay attention to people, if you ever get sick, usually people get sick in the same way, in the same area of their body. Right. Mm. But mm. I mean, it is a signal. It's a signal to us, you know, it like is. maybe you have something unresolved here or something you're not realizing that's related yes. to your spiritual, you know, or that kind of side. So right. I only mentioned that because if someone's like, I could never podcast because I I'm scared or I'm, it's like, it's okay. Like if you have something, a message to say, you just find the, the platform modality yeah. to do it. So for some, it's going to be writing. And for some, it's going to be opening a shop or just being a wonderful mom or starting a podcast, you know, whatever that thing is. I love it. I love it. There's so many expressions of our creativity anymore in the, in this day and age, it's endless. It, it really is. It's quite amazing. And I try to tell my kids, you know, cause they're, they are high school and like, oh my God, you can really do anything. And I, I still don't think they see it, but they're not, they're not living it like we are every day. You know, they're still in school and it's kind of very structured still. Yeah. I mean, I, I know online they see a lot of stuff, of course, because there's all the social, you know, things. But I think it is. It's so promising for the future, I hope. And uh, I guess that's one thing I want to ask you. So uh, one, one thing I talk about sometimes is the future of work. And I, I think for 15 years, I've probably said this, but it's more so true now than ever. And this is going to be strange. I know you're going to be like, where did this come from? But with the more machine learning, more AI and some jobs will go away, which, you know, 
I think some people would be like, well, how am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do in the future? And, and I say, you have to lean into what the, the gifts we were given, which is our curiosity, our creativity. And so I just was curious if you had anything to say about that, because I think we, we underplay those as such huge assets in all parts of our life. Mm, that's, I love that question. It, and no, not too left field for me. Cause I, I think it's perfect, but I want, I love the question and I want to flip it on its head is like, what am I supposed to do? Let's, let's scratch that and ask, who am I supposed to be? What you're supposed to do will be very clear when you realize who you're meant to be. Right. Because when it comes from doing, it's really about performance. It's very achieve, you know, and it's not heart centered, it's head centered. So we're doing a lot of figuring, a lot of calculating. We are very creative problem solvers for sure. And, And that's a brilliant aspect to so many of us, but let it come from the heart and it'll be so much more authentic because, you know, Oh goodness gracious. It would be so relieving for so many people if they followed their heart, because I know those people, cause I was one of them who felt like they were pushing that rock up a hill or let's, I mean, like water up a hill, like trying to just make the impossible happen or banging your head on the same wall. And it's, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so it's just not coming from that heart centered place. And the one thing I wanted to say specifically about what you asked, like the future of work, mm-hmm. we are such a resourceful species and we will always adapt and recalibrate. And um, there's a beautiful book, The Soul of Money, which I think is brilliant. And she's she's she goes, um, I'm trying to think of the author. I just can't at the moment, but she goes into tribal communities to help them sustain their life in this developing world and where modern society is starting to sort of take over and close in on, on communities. And again, tribes that are trying to maintain their original style of living. And so they need to be able to come up with water and the source, the sources that they need. And she's, and so she says this about humanity though, if we were to run out of fossil fuels, if we were to run out of all the oil or all the wa- the fresh water, we are so resourceful. We will always come up with a solution. There is no such thing as running out. We, that's a narrative. Mm-hmm. So if you think jobs are running out, if you think opportunities are running out, if you think there's no room for you, that is a narrative you're running and it's not your fault, but you, you, you have to become conscious and, and willing to reprogram that because there is so much abundance available. It's just unrecognizable. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's new territory for sure. And it's, you know, the unfamiliar, and then you got to look at your relationship with the unfamiliar and the unknown and heal that because from your heart, you have your guidance about how to survive in this world. That's for sure. So good. Yeah. That, that reminded me of that uh, movie that's based on, you know, a true story. I think it's called the boy that harnessed the wind. Oh, yes. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I love that movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's such a good movie, but the quick gist, if you haven't seen it and it's worth seeing is I don't, was it in Africa? I can't remember where it was, but it is some, some country. Yeah. Some African um, country where they, they had a very long drought. Right. And so basically they're not able to grow anything. And I think they, they get from the state or the country, you know, maybe some wheat or something, but they, it gets stolen from them. So anyways, it's their young son. Who's, I don't, we'll say middle school. I don't, not really sure how old he is, but he figures out a way to get them water from very far distance, but it's just engine. I can't even talk. Ingenuity. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just using his 
you know, like being super resourceful, being a creative problem solver. Like, what do I have around me? He used like parts of a bicycle to be the, um, the power source. Like, so, but this is the sort of thing all of us have available to us. But like you said, we, we get too comfortable being comfortable that we, we don't stretch ourselves in these creative ways, you know, and we really, this is the sort of thing we should be doing in schools and at home, but often we're not, you know, not to the level. We really don't push ourselves as nearly as far as we, you know, could go with, with our uh, resourcefulness. So I think that what you said was really poignant and really important actually. Cool. Thank you. And I think, um, you know, it's to our advantage, but also to our disadvantage that we're growing up in such an advanced world. Like we have so many conveniences and luxuries that, um, it's, I would call it like an underdeveloped, um, muscle in our brain and our heart because, there were other generations there. Our ancestors had to figure stuff out, had to build stuff, had to create. And I do, I love that story. I wish I knew, I remember, I remember more of the details, like his location and stuff, but yeah, he harnessed the wind and the sun to be able to move that water. And it's like, it's fascinating. And then we just have water coming out of faucets. So we don't even have to think about that sort of thing. So, and my one tip for that is you guys get out and travel the world. I'm here in Costa Rica and like, I went to Mexico last year. That was a very awakening time for me to see people living a different way, getting, having to leave a lot of American luxuries behind, you know? And so it's just go on a mission trip, go out of the country, go even, even in our country, there are so many underprivileged, underdeveloped places. And so it's really possible, but if you get outside of your bubble, you're going to, it might really inspire uh, that part of you that, that really is going to tell you more about your future. Mm, that's so good. And actually I visited Costa Rica a long time ago. I mean, it was, it was probably 20 years ago. So oh, it was, and it's so different. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is back then it really was a lot different, you know what I mean? And, uh, but it was amazing. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's good. And I think that's really the thing, right? Is we should shake it up. We should look to discover new things and have new experiences, whether that's through meeting new people or going places that even places and people that maybe we feel that don't seem like us, that might feel uncomfortable at first, but you, you are going to miss out on so much if you're not willing to just step a little bit out of your comfort zone regularly. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So uh, any last uh, things you want to leave us with um, just that are if that's on your heart before we find out how people can connect with you online. This is so, it's just been so great. I've, I'm really uh, experiencing like a sense of grat- such a sense of gratitude. So just thank you. Thank you to the listeners who are here today. Um, and I want to like, thank you for listening to us, but thank you for investing in yourself by listening to such a conversation, right? Even if it feels like a stretch for you to live the life you love by, by listening to things like this and reading the books that will stretch you or, or taking up, signing up for the next program. I just acknowledge, I acknowledge the listeners for being here with us as well, because this is how it happens. Oh, it does. Just keep feeding yourself, keep feeding your soul, you know, and I just read a quote. I don't, I actually, let me see if it's on my phone, but it was, it was just so uh, short, but clear, but it was, uh, your mind will believe what you tell it repeatedly, feed it hope, feed it truth and feed it positivity, which we both so align with. So I think that's kind of the thing, right? Is if you feel down, you feel hopeless, you feel like maybe you're in a rut, whatever, whatever it is, you just have to keep feeding yourself as much as you can throughout the day with these, these things that, that are just good. Yes. Love it. So Abigail, tell us how can people connect with you online and learn about your podcasts, your books, your coaching yes. and all that amazing stuff. 
Yes. Um, I'm going to keep it real simple. Head to abigailgazda.com. Uh, that's if you find me there, you find me everywhere. All the links are on there. All the, we have lots of, I, I, Hearts Unleashed is a, as a transformation company. I have a team. So we are always hosting really great, um, programs like book clubs, like uh, personal development book clubs. And we have a purging workshop coming up, which is about, you know, decluttering spring cleaning. And, and so we're always hosting something new. I love hosting little mini masterclasses. And, and then we have bigger programs, like things that you can work with me on, or just follow me. Um, I, I'm going to tell people Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. So I say Instagram is my love language. Uh, and I'm instagale, like, uh, I N S T A G A I L. And then otherwise they'll head to abigailgazza.com to, to surf around. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your heart and thank you for just showing up in the world fully yourself and just being that empathetic person that's putting so much goodness out there. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And um, I would love to encourage your listeners to come listen to the Hearts Unleashed podcast uh, to your episode. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. So many great nuggets in that episode with Abigail. I hope that you guys really listened and took that in. And I am going to wrap up some of the highlights from what we talked about. So grab a pen and a pad of paper and here we go. First. What is it you need to learn? What is it you're good at? But if you learned the other side of it, you would just take off. Your business or life would take off. So as she gave in the example, she was great at coaching. She's gifted in writing and words, but she didn't understand the business side of things. So she she got busy and she learned the business side of things so she could grow a business that supports her life and her, her calling. Number two. We teach people how to treat us and how to relate to us. And as we grow and change, it's okay. We can reteach them and share with them how it is we need them to um, connect with us, to, you know, engage with us. Number three, we're multifaceted developing beings. Allow yourself to remember the things you loved and bring those things back and allow yourself to change and grow and step into new things. And maybe some of the the old things are no longer serving you, whether it's beliefs or thoughts or the type of work you're doing. Be okay with it as you grow and change. Next is we have to do the work to process our past. And so, as she mentioned, a tough season, there's no way through it, but through it. So process your regrets and your trauma and your beliefs. And she gave us a great exercise as an example. As, as she mentioned to us, trauma is not a competition. So get in front of your mirror or pull out your journal and write down these three questions when you know there's something that you need to work through. The first question, what did I see or hear? You know, maybe this is from childhood or from 10 years ago or going through a divorce or an embarrassment or a trauma. What did I conclude from the thing you hear, heard or saw? And then, What or how did I compensate for it? So how did that thing you saw or felt or heard, how did it impact you that you've been holding on to or maybe um, the way you've been interacting in your life and your relationships or the way you're showing up in the world? And then journal on that or think through that and then use this exercise every time you need to do that work. And she said, um, let's see, the next thing was, What is your emotional endurance? That's a word we definitely all need to know. 
So are you at the end of your, you know, your wit's end, if you will? And as she said, if we've gone through a hard season, maybe a decade, we may need to do more of the work I just mentioned. Or if you're having a tough day, we have to give ourselves more time and space to rest, more time and space to be who we're meant to be instead of just pushing, pushing, pushing. Next, are you creating the life you truly desire or chasing what others said matter? Right? And how do we how do we address that? We think about what are our truest priorities, what truly would bring us happiness, and let's deconstruct the things that aren't working for us in our lives. And then next, focus on what, I'm sorry, who am I supposed to be, which is heart-centered, instead of what am I supposed to do? Mm, I think that's so good. And then, um, as we wrap up, she mentioned, express your truth, speak up. And we can do this through our writing, through coaching, through podcasting, you know, through speaking. But we all have a story to share or a book to write. And if we're not already doing it, we need to figure out how to do that. How do we share our story so that we can serve more people? And I love how she says this. Accept your gift for the gift it is. It should be as simple and natural as breathing. And she also says, we should be able to use our gift um, as the gift to the world, right? These innate gifts are given. And then how can we monetize it? The thing is, if it comes so easy to us, often it's going to seem like play. So chase that. Chase that work that feels so easy to you, but yet you know people keep telling you that you're so good at it. And I just want to wrap up and say, keep writing, keep speaking or podcasting. Or coaching and some of us are doing all of those things but just keep being encouraged and know that this community is here for you we want to see you step out and grow an impact and grow your income and part of how we're going to do that is our tactical episodes where we're going to talk about how we build traffic how we build our authentic voices and how we do things that will let us get more exposure so until next time have a beautiful week Hey boss, if today's show got you pumped about building your online traffic so you can grow your business, let's celebrate. Pop over and leave a review. Tell us what you loved about today's episode or share this with another boss who's ready to grow next level. Come network with other entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, coaches, and podcasters at my Facebook group to take your business to the next level. Or head on over to kristenfitch.com to find out more about my online growth system. 